Hello and welcome to episode 83 of Ferg on the Freak. I'm that bloke from Rugby League Project, Andrew Ferguson. You can find me on Twitter at AndrewRP. Join me as always is the glorious League Freak, who you can find on Twitter at League Freak. How you going there, mate? I'm going very well. How are you, Andrew? Not too bad. Um, That's good. I, I hear you had a, uh, a quiet, quiet night in last night with a few little bevies. The way I remember it, I was dressed in a suit, okay? It was a tux, and I was sipping martinis, and I was very coherent, and I was telling jokes to people, and they were like, ha, 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 very good. How good is this fellow? That's the way I remember it. Charming and debonair, as always. Pretty much, yeah, yeah. Um, you didn't you know, go on social media at any time? I don't even pick up my phone when nah. I'm drunk. It's just be beneath me. No, that that's that's exactly the image that I had as well. Mm, mm, yeah, because like there are people like that that are just—I mean, it's pathetic. Who would do such a thing? Exactly. Um, so we're going to talk about the finals. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's weird they've sort of crept up on us pretty quickly, eh? They have a bit. They have a Especially bit, when is... you miss a day. <laughs> <laughs> when a day goes missing in a in like some sort of haze <laughs> some some martini fueled haze yeah yeah it's funny how that works it is um so uh friday night we've got the rabbitos taking on manly at uh AZ stadium now yeah which is tonight yeah i was just having a look at the squad here sam burgess and dan gagai both back um yep. Sam, I believe, still has to front um, Todd Greenberg, mm-hmm. the the uh, all-conquering leader, who we'll get to a bit later. Yeah, um, I'm sure he's going to smack him with something really soft with a feather. Or powerful. Yeah. Um, after his, after Sam made his comments about the kangaroo court stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so we don't, we don't know how that's going to go yet. I assume Sam's just going to get a fine because he's looks like he's going to line up here. Um, yeah. Gag eyes back. Jaden Sewer, he will make way for Sam. I think he's going to the extended bench. Mm-hmm. Um, Campbell Graham will move to the wing mm-hmm. out of the centres. Gag will go into the centres there. Um, and Corey Allen goes from the wing to the extended bench as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see what else is there. Tom, Bo- Tom Burgess will start up front, and his brother George will be playing from the bench, which is another little change. I was the other way around, I think, the week before. Mm-hmm. So... Uh, and today, Dean Britt and Kyle Turner dropped off the 21-man squad. Okay. Nothing really major there, so... Yeah, it's pretty much as expected, really, for the Rabbitohs. Yeah. I will say this, okay. Yeah. I think they've got the most skillful, yet... Well, one of the most skillful, yet woefully out-of-form centres in the competition right now. <laughs> in uh, James Roberts. Yeah, and Gagai's not far off. Yeah, Gagai's had a really weird season, hey? Like, he's had a couple of games where he's been outstanding. One of them was in Origin. But outside of that, I mean, he's had games where he's he just has looked like he's gone through the motions for the most part. Um, yeah. He's the sort of player that you bring him back in, and he could be really, really dangerous, but he could also do nothing. He's a, he's a damn powerful ball runner, but I'm going to be honest, I don't think I've seen that from him since he left Newcastle other than at origin and test level. Yeah. Um, and it's not through a lack of trying or anything like that. He's definitely put his, 
you know, putting in the the hard yards. It's just yeah. not it's just not there for him. Which is I find mm-hmm. odd. You gotta wonder if it's maybe the Rabido style of play or I mean he's played a lot of wing this year. If it's just the players inside him aren't getting him the ball and stuff like that. But it is. It's been very strange and there was rumors that he wanted to leave earlier this year and everyone squashed that, but you know, where there's smoke, there's fire in rugby league. Exactly. And uh, another player who I have big wraps on that's in that bunny side is um, Alex Johnson. And I think he's better than just sitting on the wing. I'd prefer him at fullback. And I'd also say, Alex, if you don't, if you don't like being on the wing, the Tigers got a fullback spot for you. <laughs> also, it looks also like they've got a center spot, a second row spot, a hooker spot. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, I sound like I'm fucking torturing you sometimes. It could go on. Yeah. <laughs> Could be two um, second row spots to give him some of the news of the Brian Madison during the week. Um, but anyway, we'll digress. Um, we'll talk yeah, about the teams it, in the finals instead. Yeah, let's talk about, <laughs> yeah, not nice. Um, I think that he's he, he's the sort of similar in that when Johnson's on the wing, he just goes missing. And I don't know that he is exactly what they want at fullback, but I think he's better at fullback. Yeah, I, I can agree with both of those. Um, I think they're just they're trying to find a way to fit Adam Dewey in the side. He does he does deserve to be in the seventeen, and I don't know. Given the way Cody Walker's been playing since Origin, I'd almost put I'd almost say Cody. You know what? This this needed to happen before the finals. Like Cody, why don't you have a week or two off and let Adam play in the half roll? Just see if that helps both of you out. Yeah, because, I mean, Walker's form, I think he's maybe played one good game since that Origin 1 game, which was one of the worst Origin games anyone's ever played, to be honest. Um, and, yeah, at this top point of the year, it's too late to make changes like that. you just got to hope that mm. Cody Walker sort of finds it again. But, um, yeah, I've look, I said earlier this year that I felt as though Souths weren't real happy with their back line. I still think you can see that with some of the changes. I mean, just bringing Gag- Gagai into the centres, I-, I feel as though that's trying to find something there. Um, they paid big money to get James Roberts out-, out of reserve grade at the Broncos, and I'll be honest with you, I don't think he's he's been all that good for them. You know, I think he's maybe had half a good game for them since he come there. So um, I wouldn't be shocked if I wouldn't be shocked if their backline, like their whole backline, changed a whole lot in the off season, but. You know, this is what they've got in this game. And, um, you know, it, it all the thing about the Rabbitohs, it's all about their pack. And it's all about running off of what Damian Cook does. Um, so, you know, I guess maybe if you looked at their, the salaries of these teams, it's mostly spent on the forward pack. Yeah. Um, we'll be interesting to see how Sam plays. I think yeah. there's going to be a lot of eyes on him because of, you know, some of the niggly crap he's been doing this year. Um, and he said he's not going to take a backward step. And I wonder if it means he's going to, given he's, he's frustrated at the moment mm-hmm. with, every, with everything going on in his rugby league life, I wonder if he's going to either be rather tame tonight yeah, so, so it's not getting in trouble, or yeah. whether he's just going to go off the handle and just do something even more stupid. And I well, think that's kind the, of where he's at. He's going to do one of those two. I don't think there's going to be anything in the yeah. middle. It's going to be one of those two. Yeah, and if you were manly, I mean, you'd just be revving him up the whole game, wouldn't you? Yeah. Just be yeah, saying, like, might. oh, wow, you've really you've settled down today. You're not going for it, man. Look at, oh, we've got, 
you know, Sam Burgess light tonight and try and get him to do something because he will do it. You know, he's proven that. And the um, perfect the perfect player to do that is Dylan Walker. Yeah. He just yeah. knows how to wind people up. He's just one of those those sort of, you know, absolute pricks who just knows how to get people pissed off. Yeah, exactly. Um, so it's going to be interesting. I'll tell you what, it's cool to see Tapao is back in the Manly side because there's going to be a up front, there's going to be a bit of a war now. And uh, I love that sort of finals footy when you get two, the two packs just bashing each other. It's yeah, fantastic. Actually, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a late change and yeah. Sam moves to the front row. Because yeah. Because that Manly front row, Fanua Blake and Tapao, that's a powerful pair. It really is. And Fanua Blake, uh, and somebody mentioned this uh, on Twitter, and I can't remember who it was. I'm very sorry. But they they were saying how when we did our review, we didn't talk too much about Fanua Blake. And they were right. I mean, it, he was fantastic last weekend. Um, it's going to be really interesting with those two up front and then Coruscant. I mean, it, these two teams are kind of set up similar in that you've got a pretty good halfback. The forward packs are what get the job done. And their back sort of run off of what the hooker can create out of dummy half with his really good ball running. So um, it's going to be a really good game tonight. Yeah, so with Manly, we'll go through the changes there quickly. Tapao come back from his one-week suspension into the front row. Um, his replacement for that last game last week was uh, Sean Kepi. He goes back to the bench um, with Tafafoa Sipley pushed out of the 17. In the 19-man squad, Tavita Funa and... Unfortunately, Tony Williams both got dropped off that squad. Uh, I was so I, hoping you know Tony Williams would be back. I think there's a saving for the grand final. Pro, yeah, most likely. Just bring him on. You know, play him at 5'8". Can you imagine if he did something crazy like that? I mean, can you imagine if all year Des has secretly been playing Tony Williams at 5'8 in training and they just put him out there, you know, move Walker uh, is Walker the 5'8 here yeah. still? Yeah, yeah, still Walker. Move him to the centres. Man, it'd be great. And it'll You'd have to, He'd have to replace Parker, though, because you've got to keep McNuggets in there. Well, yeah, you can't. I mean, he's, he's waking up now. Yeah. He comes to training now. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. The other game is tomorrow, Saturday night at uh, Amy Park. Melbourne versus Parramatta. Parramatta has never beaten Melbourne in a finals game, ever. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) But they're in great form. They're coming off a massive, the biggest win in finals history. I mean, surely they're just a juggernaut that can't be stopped. You you might say that. I've got a stat here somewhere. I'm going to find the thing. They actually are playing so well that Mitchell Moses apologized for being himself. (laughs) <laughs> like, that's that's when you know that things are going Me- great with the team when a guy comes out and says, "Listen, I know I, I'm Mitchell Moses. I'm sorry." Mitch has been running quite a strong PR campaign to try and lift his profile. I see, or well, not just him, but the media's been running one for him too. Did you see the article I wrote about whether he'll be going to the Broncos? <laughs> no, I need oh, to. You got okay, okay. You got to go to go to leaguefreak.com dot com right now, right? Alrighty. Okay, this we need to do this on uh, while we're doing it. So go to leaguefreak.com. And from memory, it'll be the second article on the website. And it's titled, Is Mitchell Moses on his way to the Brisbane Broncos in 2020? Oh, yes. All righty. Where is it? 
You got it? Artic- yeah, but there's no article there. Yeah, there is. Oh, I see. I found it now. <laughs> okay. I'll read it to you, okay? I, I, yeah. I clicked the wrong link. I found it okay. now. Yeah. So it's, uh, is Mitchell Moe's on his way to the Brisbane Broncos in 2020? No. <laughs> that got, it got a lot of reads as well. <laughs> uh, sometimes uh, it's good fun having your own website. You can do what you is. want. That's very good. So yeah. um, here we go. The last time Parramatta followed up a 50-plus score with a win in their next game away from home yeah. was round 24, 2003. Wow, holy crap. The last that... time Melbourne played against a side that had scored 50-plus points in their previous game was in week one of the finals last year when they beat South at Amy Park 29-28. Wow. Yeah, I, it's there are a lot of teams that if Parramatta was coming in against them this week, you'd be like, yeah, they'll take a lot of that momentum. But the Storm, I feel like, are one of those clubs. And probably, who else would there be? Maybe them, maybe the Sharks when they're playing well who uh, you just feel as though it's going to be a horrifying reality check. And, yes. you know. Yeah. I, firstly, I, I think I had some other stats here. Here we go. Um, the last time Melbourne won a Week 2 Finals game was in 2008. And the last time they won a Week 2 Finals game with a cap-compliant side was 1999. Whoa, that's crazy. Wow. And the, re- the reason for that is not because they've been losing in week two. It's because they've always been in the top four. Yeah. And they win in week one, so they get week two off and go straight to week three. Yeah, yeah. It is it is kind of weird seeing them play at this point in the finals, hey? Um, yeah. And to know that they've got to do the f- they've got to win all four games uh, or they've got to win three of the games, you know, um, because, yeah, normally they're the ones sitting back waiting for the week off. I actually think I might have heard before last week's game um, some of the Storm coaching staff talking about what they do on that week off. So that that was kind of interesting that they didn't end up getting it. Yeah. So with the uh, the Melbourne side, mm-hmm. not one single change to the team that lost to Canberra. Mm, which is surprising to me. Uh, Brody Croft is... Uh, named as the 21st man. Mm-hmm. And Curtis Scott is still 18th man. I'm not sure if he's going to be coming back, though. But they'll be the only two outside the 17 who are likely to come into that lineup. Um, for Parramatta, Kane Evans returns from suspension with uh, Alvaro will move from the front row onto the bench and Ray Stone is pushed out of the side. Um, Alvaro had a, had a magnificent game last week. Mm. So, Having him on the bench, being confident, yeah. that's that's a huge benefit for that for that eel side. Yeah, and um, Evans coming back too. I mean, Evans has had a really strong second half of the season, um, and they played really well without him last week. But he's a he's a really good addition. He is, he is. So it will be interesting to see. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how this game goes because I think you, you don't really get bad down moments from from Melbourne. No. Like their poor game still still sees them being very competitive in a game. And last so, week's loss should have really hurt them. I mean, they they really should have been pissed off with themselves um, this all this week and really 
you know, it might be that the turning point for them that really kicks them on in the rest of the final series because they threw they literally threw the game away. And I saw comments from Cameron Smith after that game, and unlike a lot of fans and people in the media, he did not blame that referee decision at the end of the match. Yeah, he said we were off our game in many ways. Communication on the field was poor. They went away from plays. They went off the game plan. And Cam- the last time they did that was also against Canberra. That's what Canberra does to teams. They unsettle them. Because not only do they have the big forward pack that can dominate you, but they've got those agile back rows in Whitehead and um, uh, that other guy from England. They're, they're, yeah, they're, they're very agile. And when you throw in the fact that they are constantly always looking to make one-on-one strips, not just those two, but the whole side, Yeah, it changes the way... Ball carriers run with the ball. Yeah. It takes away that mindset of I've got to see if I can get an offload away here. They just do not risk it. Yeah, and I like. I mean, we talked about this last week. I, like, they should have been just attack and crocker all night, and they didn't do that. They got right away from that. Um, I, they really. I mean, they had that game won before they threw it away. I really, really don't like Hughes at halfback for Croft. I, I really think it's a mistake. Yeah, I'd, he's just not as good an organiser. No. He, he doesn't have the same quality kicking game either. Um, Croft is just an out-and-out seven. I'd, yeah. I'd have him, had him there every day of the week. So we'll see how that one goes. Um, maybe, maybe, like, they'll get a change of heart right before, like, kick-off, and they just say, listen, just, you know, fireworks, dude, just aim it. Just aim it. Just funny. We need Crofty on. <laughs> That would be that would be very odd. Yeah, because they can't odd. they can't use the sparklers anymore because they've been banned. Yeah, I Is love it? it that they they're like we banned them. It's like you, you used them once and almost took a player's eye out. Yeah, yeah, that will lead to something else in a minute. Um, who are you going to tip yeah. here between South and Manly? Okay, for South and Manly, look. Manly were magnificent last week at home at Brookie. Um, but it's I, it's hard to see South losing this one. I just think that they've got a little bit more star power. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't write the uh, Seagulls off. But, yeah, I just feel as though South, they, they need to play better than they did last week, obviously. But um, And I don't think that South are going to win the Premiership, but I feel as though they'll get through this week against the Seagulls at home into it. NZ Stadium, so there's going to be, you know, no Manly fans there. Yeah, look, I'm I'm leaning towards South, not with much confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, probably a a win by less than four points. Yeah, I I feel as though it'll be pretty tight as well. Um, it could also be one of those games where the the score goes back and forth a bit too. So it, yeah. I, I expect it to be a good game. I wonder if if Daly Cherry Evans plays like he did last week, uh, yeah, he could get them there. He could, yes, and he's done that quite a few times this year. It hasn't just been a one-off. Mm-hmm. Um, he just loves playing that side when they got their backs against the wall. Can you imagine if he got the same sort of love that Mitchell Pearce got all year? Oh, <laughs> like yeah. what the hell, he's, man? He's one of those players like Robbie Farah, who's done yeah. nothing wrong to the game. Mm-hmm. But he's just despised by lots of fans, even some fans within his own club. Yeah, I don't get it. Yeah, I don't just, get it at all. 
just weird how some people how some people just have that sort of you know effect on people, I guess. Yeah. Now, um, Melbourne versus Parramatta, where are you going with this one? Part of me wants to say that the Storm are going to put it on Parramatta. You know, they're going to have a good crowd there. They're at home in Melbourne, and I really do. Part of me feels like the Storm are just going to do Storm stuff. I think that they'll choke the life out of the Eels for the first half, and then in the second half they'll put the pedal down, and the Eels' season will just look like a, a shambles by the end of the game. What about you? Yeah, look, I'm thinking that we're going to see the Melbourne Storm in this game that played against Manly a few weeks ago. Yeah. They just come out, they control the game from start to finish. Yeah. And, yeah, as you said, they strangle the life out of Parramatta. Yeah. Just be clinical. That's what I'm expecting there. Yeah. Um, now, clinical. <sighs> <laughs> so the news today has come out that uh, the NRL has decided to let Shane Flanagan come back to coaching. It'll be via... Um, two years as an assistant coach, so he can't go into a head coaching role straight away. At least that's something. Mm-hmm. It's not much, but at least it's something. Um, and then after he's been assistant coach for at least two years, he can then go back to the NRL, and I believe the way this works is he then can apply to have his um, full coaching license. Yeah, just on that, right? And I didn't think of that this until just now, just hearing you say that. How many years does um, McGregor have on his contract extension? Is it two years? Well, it's funny you say that because I think it very well may be. Yeah, and then after that, Flanagan can become the head coach of a club. And here's another thing. What defines the head coach and the assistant coach, right? Because is it how much when they talk to the team is it how much they talk to the team is it where they sit in the coaching box is it who fronts the media is it who gets the most money like couldn't you just sign him up as the head coach and let him do head coach stuff but you say oh yeah but he's not our head coach don't be silly he's not our head coach what makes you think that i know he's doing everything well, like a head coach you know what's you know, an arrangement that where which would fit in with what you're getting at there, mm. that could work, was mm. if the Titans signed him and they said, right, we're going to name Mal Meninga as our head coach. Mm. They just let Fanona do it all. Yeah. That's kind of, I think that's kind of what you're getting at there, is that that'd be the sort of setup. And Mal would be saying, yeah, I'm the coach. I'll do all the press conferences and stuff. But, you know, mm-hmm. Flano's the assistant, but he's doing every head coach stuff other than the media type head coach stuff. Yeah. It's like um, he he just doesn't have the head coaching name, mm-hmm. uh, like on his door, on his office door, and he that's it. And he doesn't have the record applied to his for yeah, wins losses. That's right. <laughs> it's actually a really good role for him. Like he could go to, he could go anywhere. Like he could go to a terrible team and get paid heaps of money to fix them up. And then, and the record doesn't go on his. Like Nathan Brown would have loved a job like that at Newcastle. Oh, absolutely! It's it's a cushy gig to have. You get all the perks of being the head coach, with none of the downside. Yeah, it's brilliant. I so I'm wondering if because I believe I believe the way these bands work between the NRL and the Super League was that if one if one code 
So if the Super League banned someone for three years or whatever, then the NRL had an agreement where they would honour that over here as well, and vice versa. Well, I, and, I tell you what, I've heard this before, but then when somebody gets banned for something, there's it's very wishy-washy when they ask yeah, the officials. Yeah. I think it's more in line with the more se- severe ones. So, um, you know, players who are found guilty of, you know, drug cheating and stuff like that. I think that's kind of where it is. Or, you know, heinous off-field crimes, that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so there's very few players or coaches and stuff that would have that. But mm-hmm. I dare say what had happened was Flanagan was also denied any coaching gig in the UK as well because of the ban the NRL put on him. Mm-hmm. And to have this lifted as an indefinite one, I also wonder if maybe... Because he's not allowed to, to start coaching until December. I think it was December 19 this year, which is somewhat cunning because most teams are going to have their coaching rosters and whatnot sorted out by November because that's when, the, that's when they start pre-season training again. Yeah, November 1st, I believe, is the date. Yeah. So not many clubs are going to have the... are going to spend a month and a half without an assistant coach. But I, I'm pretty... I feel as though that if you're a club that had a coach that you had to pay the money to for the next two years and it, <coughs> it was too much money to sort of just throw away, you'd be willing to wait. Well, that that's true too, I guess. So my thinking was perhaps he's not going to go to the Dragons, but, but he might go over to England and do a bit of an apprenticeship over there. Possibly. And then come, come back in two years' time. Yeah. After having applied uh, his trade over there, come back over what? here. He could, yeah. I, I think he'll be... I, I bet I wouldn't be shocked if he's on the Dragons payroll right now. Well, that that would be another thing. I'm I'm fairly I'd be fairly sure that they've spoken to him and given him probably some form of if you can get off this, then you know we will definitely look at getting you on the uh, coaching register somewhere. Mm. And it might just turn up out of nowhere that it was just part of Phil Gould's review. Yeah, <laughs> you need to get a premiership-winning coach into the side as an assistant to sort of show that yeah, you know, we can make that work, and then it can be a Phil Gould recommendation, so the club can go. Wasn't us. I I do kind of feel as though if the NRL had said, "Nah, your band stand, your band stands," um, that I feel like Phil Gould would have come out and said, "Oh, this is ridiculous, man." You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So. But yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if we went over there and over to England and had a crack over there and then come back. Because that way he can sort of get out of the limelight here and hope that people forget about it and he just comes back. And I don't think people forget over that period of time either, but it might help a little bit if he's not here. The I'll other thing too he, is he was... He uh, does, sorry. I was going to say, he was also a bit tied with Cronulla because his son was there, but now that he's moved to the Roosters, I think it also frees, frees up Shane Flanagan a bit to just go wherever he wants now. Yeah. Well, I like. I tell you what, if he did get, end up going over to England, <clears throat> and it is an option to him, and do assistant coaching under somebody, you know, and he'd obviously be the head coach, he would be a fantastic buy for any club he went to. Um, you know, I'm trying to think. I mean, Leeds could use him. They'd have the money to pay him as a head coach, but being in an assistant's role, um, it'd be cool if he went to Toronto, hey? When they go up to Super League, that would be fantastic. 
Yeah, I think because, you know, we'll take away his indiscretions first. Okay, as a coach, he's one of the few out there who knows how to get every last drop of talent out of a forward. Yeah. You look at some of the – there's a lot of forwards who have been at who have been at the Sharks, and they've gone away from that club. They've come to the club mm-hmm. as average forwards. Yeah. He's turned them into something. They've gone away from the club, and they've gone back to being average again. Yeah, yeah. Only forwards. No one else. He doesn't have that ability anywhere else, just forwards. And I think <laughs> it would be good if he could do that at Toronto because, um, yeah, if they had a powerful – you know, an even stronger, more powerful forward pack, especially defensively. Yeah. They're in the finals next year. Yeah, which would be Easy. unbelievable. Yeah. And they're making a mess of, of some Super League teams there. Yeah. But they're going to be a genuine threat to, to St. Helens there next year. Mm-hmm. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if he sort of went that way because it's a good way also of getting back to starting from scratch on something. Yeah, it would be handy. I <clears throat> like. I don't know if. I mean, first of all, I don't know if Toronto could afford him. To be honest with you, but oh. um, I just think he's going to be an assistant coach at the Dragons for two years, and I think it's going to be really straightforward like that. But I would love to see him at Toronto. Yeah. So um, now that we've been nice about it. Yes. Well. <sighs> I let me, well, let me. I was going to say, let me, let me set this up for you because I think, okay. I think you're due to have a much bigger rent than I am over this. <laughs> Go for it. Okay. Since Todd Greenberg's been around, okay, and I have not knocked this bloke hard like a lot of people have. Okay, I've been willing to defend him from time to time. Mm-hmm. He's had two big incidents that have happened in the game where he's had to make a decision to give someone a hefty ban. Mm-hmm. It was Tim, Tim Simona for betting on games mm-hmm. and all that nonsense with charity money he was claiming to give to them, but kept for himself. Mm-hmm. Um and Flanagan, and the Flanagan one was not so much for what happened with Asada, but more that once he copped his ban there, he was told he wasn't allowed to contact the club in any way, have any, any involvement with it, and they found copies of emails that he'd been making with the club to do with recruitment and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Now, the stuff he was doing in the emails was all legal stuff, as far as he wasn't trying to get them to do some sort of rule-breaking stuff. He yes. was just breaking the rules by talking to them. Yep. Um, that's what he got suspended for. Well, that's what he got an indefinite ban for. And in the space of the last few months, Simona's come back playing in the uh, the lower grades. Yeah. And now Flanagan's back and he's allowed to be an assistant coach. Yes. Your thoughts, good sir? Your thoughts? Well, okay. Well, the, the best part of all of this is that Shane Flanagan was extraordinarily banned for one year. He broke that ban and was still involved with the club. So he never even actually did that ban fully. And so he was banned indefinitely by the NRL because of that. And within a year, they're saying, oh, yeah, you can be back. Now, this stuff about the assistant coaching and all that, it's crap. He's back. He's back in the game. He's back controlling young footballers and their careers and that's terrible, I think, you know, and we've had two bands, indefinite bands turned over by Greenberg. You've got to remember the rules of the game are there to protect the game, but those rules are only as strong as the people that enforce those rules. And Todd Greenberg has rolled over on both occasions with these people. And on top of that, he's let, you know, like I still can't understand why Todd Carney is the only person that's been banned for life from playing in the NRL. And the other one, weirdly enough, is Israel Folau 
who, as soon as there were whispers that Folau might come back to Rugby League, the Australian Rugby League Commission's out there going, no, no, he's never coming back to Rugby League at any level. And it's like, really? So you'll let, like, these are the levels that you've got to do, like pissing in your own mouth and saying rotten things on Instagram. That's life bans. But all this other stuff isn't. Like, Flanagan literally broke the rules of the game while he had been a judge to have broken the rules of the game. Like, what more do they need? When yeah. is a, when is a, like, and I know they never, no one ever said life ban, but go and tell that to Todd Carney right now. You know, that poor bugger's tried to get back into the NRL a bunch of times. And I'm not saying I'm his biggest defender. He did, did a lot of stupid shit. But are we really at a point where Todd Carney's the one that we've got to get rid of for life? And we have someone like Matt Rod Lodge running around and we make excuses that it's part of his rehabilitation. It's ridiculous. Couldn't have said it better myself, mate. It's uh it's ludicrous. It's not even it's it goes it transcends laughable. But this is not funny anymore. There's... Well it it's just undermining the game. I mean, exactly. you look at Jack DeBellin, right? Jack DeBellin has not been found guilty of anything yet. Yes, he's been charged, but he's not guilty of anything. And in our society, we have a law which is you are innocent until you are proven guilty. Okay? Now, Jack DeBellin has just lost a year of his career sitting on the sideline, and he has not been found guilty of a single thing. But at the same time, Todd Greenberg is like, oh, yeah, but these other dudes, yeah, they're fine. Bring them in. You know, what? like, where is the line? It, it's so... People talk about, um, you know, the, there's all of these rules in place and it's inconsistent and stuff like that. There's nothing more inconsistent than these bans that have been arbitrarily handed out and then overturned by the NRL in these situations we're talking about. Yeah, the the no-fault stand-down policy is this. I, I can see what, what they're doing with it, okay? I understand okay. what the, I understand what they're trying to get at there, and that is, you know, we want to make sure that we've got a clean game, a clean image, and we don't want to lose any sponsors. And people say, oh, it shouldn't be about the money. Oh, it is about the money. That's what pays for everything. Yeah. Everything's money-related. And, you know, I think there was talk that Telstra were very upset that the Bellum was still going to be playing, uh, and I think Walker as well, after what had happened with them in the news. And the the sponsors jumping at shadows um before anything's been proven is what's is what caused this whole you know no fault stand down policy to exist in the first place let's not make any mistake about that that's what that hap- that's what's happened there because Telstra were upset that you know they were threatening to pull out their money because of the bad news stories but nothing had been proven at that stage and as far and as the balance concerned nothing still has been proven and here's the thing right the the disgusting hypocrisy of corporate giants trying to apply social shit to anything. It's like, go away, you pigs. It's yeah. like, they were told, oh, Telstra's going to walk away. Really? Telstra owns a large chunk of Foxtel. And guess what would be on rugby, on bloody their Telstra cable every single day on Foxtel? They're not walking away from it. Of course they're not. Um, so it's it's knee jerk stuff there. That's what all that is. Um, I think if they if they're going to bring in this no fault stand down thing, then it should be stand down from playing in the NRL, but not from playing altogether. He should be allowed to at least play for 
you know, some lower grades team somewhere so that he can at least stay match fit. Yeah, I mean, and what he happens... He should be denied the right to be able to play the game at all. I don't, I don't agree with that. What happens, and we do, let's not even bring Jack DeBellin into it. Let's say player ABC has has had to sit out a year of his career at a crucial point of his career and it gets to the off season and then whatever charges were against him were dropped. They just dropped. It's like, oh, the person that made these allegations, they've decided to re- recant their statements and we've, we've got to drop the whole case because of it. Then what? You know, he's lost a year of his career. He won't get back physically. Like there's just no amount of money that's going to get that back. And he's been dropped for for being found guilty of nothing. Well, you know, the we thing, it's it's not even the one year that he's had off. It's the damage to his reputation. Look at the way people view Brett Stewart now. Mm-hmm. And that story was not even he wasn't even found to be guilty of anything there. Mm-hmm. And he went from being this bloke who everyone went, "Wow, what a great player!" To going, "Oh, he did something with girls," or you just look at him a bit weird now, going, "He's done nothing wrong." And yet yeah. people still have this awkward feel about him and, and rubbish like that. And that's. That's the impact of trial by media. Yep. The best one was the best one was uh, Sean Kenny Dow, who I remember when he uh, when he had some issues, and it, like I remember writing an article saying that plays should have been stood down with him, right? And it was there would been a lot of these things, and I was like, man, Sean Kenny Dow, they should stand him down. Basically, was the gist of it. And then it went to court, and that that poor. That poor bugger, and I'll never forget it. He had been dealing with things that had been kept quiet, and he was he was found not guilty of everything. It is like it was just a clear cut, and, and that guy lost a, a fair chunk of a season because of that. And it changed the way I thought about all of these instances because Sean Kenny Dowell was completely innocent. And I mean, the judge, go and look it up, go and Google the whole thing with him. Um, and I always feel sorry for him when I see him play because I think, man, he went through a lot in his personal life over that. Um, and he never you know, once came out and had a whinge about it. Not once. He copped not it on the once. chin and just went on with it. And yeah. that, that says a lot about his character. And he stood down himself from memory. Yeah. Yeah. And like when you read, when you go and look at the court case that he did go through, and you just think to yourself, man, this poor dude, he went through a personal hell and he needed to step back from everything else just to get through it. And that's why I love seeing him play the game. And he played this season and it's like, I'm glad that he got back because, you know, sometimes some of this stuff you find out after the fact that players have actually gone through something really rotten in their personal life and, you know, Sean Kenny Dowell was one of those instances. And you don't know until it's sorted out by the court because the media doesn't have all the facts. The people that want to talk about it in the media don't have all the facts. The, that only all comes out when there's a in, in front of a court and both sides have their chance to have a say and talk about their points of view and they've got their defences and, like, that's when it all comes out. And that's why you can't judge these players unless it goes to court, because you don't know. All you're going off is, you, most people just go off of shit that they read on Twitter, which t- I tell you is a load of crap for the most part. Well said. <laughs> Feel a bit better after that? I am. i tell you something. You know this box that I had made for my uh, 
microphone. All right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, when I'll be talking into it, and sometimes like I'll I'll be talking right into it, and then I'll breathe in, and I'll breathe in little particles of this this uh, not foam, it's like uh, wool. And I've I breathed in a particle of wool about half hour ago, and I'm trying not to die. <laughs> I mean, coughing and spluttering the whole time. So sorry about that, but yeah, I just thought I'd let everyone know. <laughs> just ingesting some asbestos, you'll be fine. Yeah, it's you know I'm sure it'll be fine. Who's ever died from ingesting asbestos? I mean, yeah. geez, they coat the they coat the hill at Manly with it. It must be safe. <laughs> That's right. It keeps all of the fans away. Yeah. 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 Well, they're going to say, oh, you know, when we watch tonight and there's no, I mean, this is just an insight, what I'm going to do on Twitter, when there's no Manly fans, because it's an away game and Manly fans don't like travelling to home games, let alone away games, I'm going to be like, oh, they're all in hospital. Yep. What's this here? Someone sent me something on Twitter. Yeah. Bellamy, Bellamy has won just one from five in week two finals matches. It's interesting that that came up after I'd already... Uh... Mentioned that not just on here, but on Twitter a bit before as well. Oh, really? Was yeah. that on a Fox Sports article or? No, it's just something from the Fo- the Fox Sports um, Twitter account. Okay. Well, they're pretty up to date. With... I know their stats are good because they get them from you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I won't say. They, they do have a good stats guy there. But, uh, yeah, it's just interesting how sometimes these things uh, turn up at the same time. Yeah. <clears throat> Alrighty, so um, don't suck in wool. It's not good for your throat. I'm glad you said wool. Yeah. Now, <laughs> yeah, I'll just touch on a few more stories that have come up. Okay. okay. This is uh, articles without without notice. Okay. Um, there's been a bit of a, a thing going on at the moment with Ryan Madison at the West Tigers, and the Tigers yeah. this week have granted him leave from training for personal reasons. Yeah. And there's constantly articles about how, oh, there's much more to the story than this. And some of the story seems to be around the fact that either he or his manager thinks that he deserves to be on more money. Mm-hmm. Um, one was suggesting that he's not happy with his progression as a player. One says he's not happy with the coach. Now, the, the second two I'd probably argue with because yeah. I think we can all say pretty comfortably, comfortably that Madison has been immensely better this year than he was last year. 100%. And Michael Maguire was pushing hard for him to be in the New South Wales 17 for the Origin yep. Series. Yeah. And he got he got named as 18th man, I think, for the first game. Uh-huh. To me, if there's an issue with the coach, he's not going to be doing that sort of stuff for you. I, I don't get that. And he has improved immensely. He's also wanted to play... Um, you know, as a starting player, he's been playing as a back rower. He's been phenomenal all year. Um, so I think this is more a issue. Possibly, this is just my opinion. Okay, it's not based on fact. It's probably just an issue stemming yeah. from his from his manager. Yeah, thinking you've had a stellar year. You've been their best player. You should probably see if you can get some more coin out of him. And for the most part, I. I'm fine if if a player wants more money. They only get about 15 years to make top dollar. Yep. So I don't mind if they want to go and do that. I just don't think... I don't think it's anything more than that. I think it's just him chasing more dollars, but the media's trying to make it into something much bigger. You can see that they're preparing themselves now for the off-season. Yeah, they're going to make it like, oh, the players don't like Maguire. Yeah. Oh, 
Oh. Let's drag this out. Yeah. That's what it's all about. In the in yeah. the during if this was if this was May, that's one article that just they talk about it for about three days and they drop it. But because mm-hmm. we're getting close to the end of the year, it's Tigers content and they're not in the finals, we need this to last. Yeah. But speculate, and, speculate and drag it out. And the thing is too, like if I'm the Tigers and Madison comes to me and he's under contract and he says, I want more money and you can be like, okay, how much more? And if he says a ridiculous amount, you say, no, we're not giving you that. Go and find it somewhere else if you want. Mm. You know, I, I, you know, the, the grass is not always greener elsewhere. Um, you know, it would be really disappointing and it would definitely tarnish his personal reputation if he did decide to leave the club because he wanted more money. I don't understand why it's it's just the players don't come out and say, look, I think I'm worth more and the club doesn't want to, you know, pay me more. Um, you yeah, know, I if think, he doesn't want to be there, leave. I think the players are worried that if they say something like that, then they may not get picked up by anyone because I think, oh, he only wants it for the money, not because he wants to be here. Mm. But... I think in a lot of the cases, the players don't generally care. I think it's the managers who are pushing for it. And this is something that always gets me. Like, if I was a player, <clears throat> we even saw it this year with Gutherson. If I was a player and I was off contract and all of this stupid shit kept coming out in the media and I knew it was my manager, I'd call him up and say, what the fuck are you doing, man? You're ruining my, my reputation. And... You know, the manager's going to say, oh, I'm just trying to get you the best money, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it's up to the play if they let that happen or if they don't let it happen, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you could say that with Gutherson it worked because he they upped his contract to a massive amount and he had no other offers except for Parramatta. Parramatta, you know, bid, bid against themselves, basically. Um, so it does work. But I think it just relies upon the individual whether they want that to happen with them or not. Like, how I mean, can you ever, 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 ever remember anything coming out with Cameron Smith when he's been off contract or even Billy Slater when he's been off contract? No. Like, it just, you do, I can't even tell you. I can't remember them ever signing player extensions or anything. It just sort of happens. They just sort of don't leave. Yeah. No, that's exactly right. Uh, speaking of players leaving... The yeah. Broncos look like they're set to have a a broom go through the joint. So uh, a day or two ago, there was news that um, Andrew McCulloch has been told that he can he can look around for another club if he wants. Yep. Um, and that he will be starting next year behind Jake Turpin. Okay. Um, I can't see anyone in the NRL signing Andrew McCulloch. Neither can I. I hope he's um, on a big fat contract, and I hope he plays really good for who's their team? Who's the uh, Toowoomba? It might be. I can't remember. They changed it around a fair bit. I lose track of I it. Don't know. Yeah. Um, also, Five Eighth Darius Board has been told that there will be changes to the leadership group, and that he will not be the captain next year. Mm-hmm. Um, Anthony Milford has been warned and told that he must lift his game or play Queensland Cup, and that he could also find himself on the outer. And today came out news that Jack Bird has been told that he can look for another club if he wants. 
Wow, nice job, Broncos. Uh, I hope every single one of those players gets every last cent. And if I was a player, I'd go straight into the CEO and I would write down a figure and I'd say that's what I want to be paid to walk out right now and it would be every single cent that is on my contract. And they'd yep. be like, but that's what we owe anyway. I'd be like, exactly, Paul. Just yep. get in touch with my manager because I'm, I'm going overseas now. I've got a nice long holiday lined up, Paul. Exactly right. And if I was if I was Jack Bird, I'd probably I'd do that. And I would probably spend one year, given the amount of injuries he's had, yeah. I'd spend one year playing in Super League. Oh wow. Ease himself back in because he could go over there and play on little money. He's gonna get a big payout if he walks away and they say, Yeah, we'll pay you out. Mm-hmm. Go over go over and play just a handful of games over in the Super League. Just to get yourself get your match fitness back up, get a bit more confidence in your body. Play against a completely different set of mob of players. Just go something completely different. Get away from everything that's been going on. And then come back after you've got to get a good bit of form under your belt and say, right, I'm match fit, I'm injury free, who wants me? See, if I was going to do that as a player, I would go to the Storm instead. Yeah, but he's not going to get a run at the Storm. But I would still go there. I mean, they're given, uh, what's his name, that, that winger. Um, what's his name? God damn it, I can't remember his name. Anyway, they do they do give people runs, you know. And and even if he goes there and he says, Look, get me in your squad, I'll I'll pay for the play for the minimum wage. I'm still getting a massive whack from the Broncos anyway. And I'm just looking at because they I think they the chambers might be leaving. Um But they've also might... got they've also got Curtis Scott coming back into the side as well. Um, and Sevy has come along really bloody well. So they've already yeah. got their starting centres for next year, if, if Chambers does go. But he might be able to get a run on, like, I, I don't know. That's just what I would do. I, I would always, if somebody wants to get their career on track, I always think, man, imagine if they just go to the Storm. Oh, yeah, like, yeah. I, I'm, I'm with that. I just think that given he's been through so much injuries, I just think easing back in via, via Super League would be a... a a good way to do it because you could go over there and just it'd just be a completely different experience. It might actually help him learn a few different skills because one of the problems I've had with him over the years is he get, he's a very good straight line runner, but he yeah. often runs sideways too much. Yeah, and playing in the Super League, you gain nothing running sideways because the defensive line moves so much slower. It'll automatically force him to run straight again. Yeah, I get that. See, I. I wonder if he would still be able to get his pay out from the Broncos and just go and play, pay, get big money anyway from, say, like the Gold Coast or someone like that. I mean, I hope that these plays for the Broncos don't all end up on the Gold Coast. That would be a disaster. And the thing about Jack Bird that I've never really understood is that, like, when was the last good footy you played? You know, it's, it, it's a Yeah, it's a while ago now. And there's been a lot of money spent on him based on, well, when he gets over this, he's going to be good. When he gets through this, he's going to be good. And it's like, how long do you do that before you say, I'm not spending money on a player who sits on the sideline most of this season because he's injury prone? Because I, like, I'm, I'm very big on um, avoiding players that tend to get injured a lot. Like, I would rather have somebody that's not as good but that turns up every week and is healthy and doesn't get injured. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm the same. The thing is, Bird's actually, he's only 24 years old. 
Like, the thing, so the thing is, me, he's only sorry, played 17 on. games in his last two years. And that's the thing. And I remember when he was bursting onto the scene and it was like um, he had a an arthritis issue. Mm. And I remember thinking at the time, man, that's not going to be good long term. And so now he's like 24. And he, as you say, he's only played 17 games in the last two years. I just, I personally would avoid, and he's a great player. When he's playing, he's a great player, but I'd avoid a player like that. Yeah, I mean, he's actually, a lot of people may not remember this. He's played five games for New South Wales. Yeah, he's a really, really, really good player. But so, can't stay healthy. Yeah, so we should see what happens there. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, main thing is I hope he gets his, his payout. Yeah. Um, there was someone else who I believe was on the outer at the Broncos. can't remember who it was now. Darius Boyd. Um, uh, can't remember. Um, now, the talk was that um, they're going to have a new captain next year, but it is unlikely to be Matt Gillette. So, yeah, who's going who to be would, their captain? Who would be the captain? If it's not going to be Gillette, Milford's not in the good books. It's not going to be Boyd. Who would be the Broncos' captain in 2019? I wonder if they give it somebody like Offengawi, you know, one of the a young leader. Could do. It's a young, it's a young team anyway. I mean, it's like if you're looking for senior players, if if they get rid of Boyd and McCulloch, and, and they're not giving it to Gillette. I mean, it's not like there's a heap of other players that are that old at all. There's one other that's in their yeah. 30s at the club. Yeah. And that's Alex Glenn. And my understanding is that he hasn't been re-signed for next year. No, I don't think he has. So I, th- I heard earlier in the year that he was going to go to the well, he was looking at the Gold Coast Titans, but I don't know whether that was reciprocated. But, yeah. I mean, because he used to be their captain at one point. So we'll have a look at the at their squad, okay, from 2019, from yeah. the oldest down, okay. So oldest is Darius Boyd at 32. He's been told no. Alex Glenn, we just discussed that one. Matt Gillette has been told no. Sean Fensum is 30. I believe he's also off contract, and he's just a bench player anyway. He's only played two games this year. Yeah. Next is McCulloch, who's been told he can find another club. Then you've got Seguiaro, and apparently it looks like Seguiaro is not even um, above Jake Turpin as the first-choice hooker next year, yeah. so, which is crazy to me. James Roberts is not there. Cody Nicarima's left. Anthony Milford's on the outer. We're now down to the guys who are 24 years old. Yeah, exactly. Corey Oates. Um, it's kind of weird having a winger as your captain. Yeah. Then the next two, who are 24, Joe Offerhangawi, she said, and yep. Matt Lodge. <laughs> oh, they wouldn't. And then the 20, wouldn't. there's two 23-year-olds, Tavita Pangai and Jermaine Asako. Shows you how young their team is. Yeah. That is that's half their squad this year. The, the other half are between 18 and 22. So that's six, 15, 16 players are in that 18 to 22 stage. See, I, I think... If I had to put my money on it, I'd say it's going to be off in Gowie. Um, and he's a good young bloke. He's a he's a good leader. Um, he's a mature player as well from what I've seen of him. Yeah, and um, a test player. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I think he'd be actually a pretty good captain for the Broncos, to be honest with you. 
yeah, it's looking like you might be spot on there, I think. But it also shows that there could be a bit more pain for the Broncos if they get rid of any more of those experienced players. Um, they're going to have a very young side next year. Very, very young side. And I think the thing is, too, that, and we talked about it earlier this year, that they look like the sort of team that just needs an old head from the Queensland Cup in in, in the halves that's not going to do anything fantastic, but they're just going to guide them around. They've been there before. They've done that. They need somebody like that. A Jeff um, Robson type. Yeah, yeah, they or do. Or Trent they... Hopkinson type. Yeah. Man, it'd be good if he didn't retire, hey? <laughs> what if uh, Blake Green went to the Broncos? See, I feel like Blake Green's done. I think I feel like his season's done. His career is. I feel like he was a reserve grader that brought that skill set that you know just settles the team down. But I, watching him this year, he hasn't been settling anyone down. I feel like he's he's lost that part of his game. Let's see if I can find anyone else. There's someone who will be 30 next year who they could get. Who? Ben Hunt. Yeah. <laughs> you can't have him around the club now. It would be pretty good. I wonder, can you imagine, right, just say they just say they got um, Harris Tevita from from the, uh, Auckland, uh, the New Zealand Warriors, right? And they got him as a halfback. And then they managed to get Todd Carney at 5'8". Ooh, Toddles. Now, that team there, pretty damn good, eh? That would not be bad. Another option I was thinking was, what if they were to get Kieran Foran? Ooh. See, I worry about Foran because I think Foran's injury prone too, but his second half of the season was fantastic. He's been, his second half of the season was was brilliant. Yeah. Like he hasn't played that good since he was a manly. Yeah, yeah. Um, What? what? Okay, I've got what? another one for you. I've got another yeah. one for you. What if the Broncos, they managed to clear the decks, they got a whack of money there, and they say... But I, Bonjour, no fucking <laughs> James Maloney. I almost thought you were going to say the one I was going to bring up, which is Cooper Cronk. Ooh, god damn it! That's better than James Maloney. Well, I think they're, they're both in a, they're both in a pretty similar sort of thing, though. I think they're both hard workers on the field. Yep they they're both natural born winners. Yep. Bootloads of experience. Um, they'd be perfect for the club. What about both of them? Yeah. Yeah, get both of them there. Then you can put as many 15-year-olds you want around them as you like. They'll they'll win your games. See, here's the thing, right, and about Todd Carney that I would like. They would get him on minimum contract. Yeah. You know, they, they, they'd have he, – he would play for nothing if they'd let him just to get back in the NRL. Um, yeah, Cronk would be good, but Cronk ain't, he's not going to move from Sydney. You know, that's the only reason he left the yeah. storm was to move up to Sydney for his, his wife or something. It's, just to um, just to make it clear, Tel Carney's not exactly ancient either. He's he's only just turned 33. Yeah, and he hasn't, he's, you know, hasn't got 
too many miles on his legs. No. It would have to be this season, though. And I'd only sign him for year to year. Yeah, yeah but the, the outlook should be, okay, we should look at Todd Carney and say, you know what, let's give him, um, yeah, one-year contracts mm-hmm. for probably the next two to three years. That's it. Mm-hmm. And that gives us enough time to get a young half in to replace him and he can work with them to get them to where they need to be. Because everything I've heard about Todd Carney, um, since since he got pretty much unceremoniously dumped from the game, is mm-hmm. he generally has gone out and busted his ass to get himself better. And he's now doing a lot of great stuff in the bush there, helping out young kids, making sure they don't go down his path, that he's still playing bush footy and, and loving it. Uh, it just shows you that he just wants to play footy. And... When was the last time we saw a young half come into the game with the potential that kid had? Yeah. And it's like, I, I look, I I just don't understand why he's banned. I, I can't believe it's still at this point where he can't get a run, but we're letting everyone else back. Yeah. You know, it's just stupid to me. I, I, I'm coming around to that idea. Like, I, I must admit, I hadn't thought about Carney at all playing footy. I thought he was just done at us. But that, that, I think that's a good idea. It'd be good to see him go there. I wonder if we could get him on the podcast. Oh, you reckon you would? Because he's he's got a book out at the moment. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Come on, flog his book. We could talk to him about uh, what he thinks of this stupid band that's still against him. Does he think he'll ever get to play in the NRL again? And what his thoughts are on these other people at keep being allowed to come into the game for I mean, for things that are terrible. Yeah. Actually, another player you could probably toss up there for uh, for the Broncos if they want some experience. Mm. Uh, Isaac Luke is currently without a home for next year. Yeah, I wonder how... I mean, you know, I feel as though they've got the hooker situation sorted, though, up there. Kind of. Kinda. Like Turpin only made his debut this year. They're already going to give him the reins for next season. Mm. And I think, I think at least one season with Isaac Luke, with those big monsters around him, that young pack, mm-hmm. he could he could teach them an awful lot about you know where to run, when to run, when to run off yeah. the hooker. Yeah. And I don't think it's an ex, uh, an education you're going to be able to get from a 22 year old. Yeah, that's true. That's true. So I think you could have Isaac Luke could just be one of those fixes. Get him at Broncos for one year, mm-hmm. have a have a young bloke come on and like he doesn't have to play eighty minute games. He can play like fifty, fifty five minutes. Yeah. The young bloke comes on and replace him for the back end of the game or something like that. And it's all about you know, helping that pack get better. He's a he's a damn tough competitor. There was a tweet that got me excited this, uh, a few weeks ago because someone asked him on Twitter, you know, any chance you can come to the Tigers? He says, I'd love to. I'll, I'll go anywhere. <laughs> and I was like, oh, come on, West Tigers management. Look at that. He wants to come to the club. And they, go they, and say, we they need dived you. on it, right? They went straight for him. They were like, listen, Isaac, is that how it worked? Uh, no. Oh. No, no. They, they, didn't, they didn't respond to that at all. Even though uh, they were tagged in it, they they yeah. don't read tweets and stuff oh, like that on Twitter. That's players sad. aren't players aren't on Twitter though. Why would they be on there? <laughs> I wonder how often things like that happen, and the social media person says, "Hey, 
should we tell everyone above us about this, that we got this tweet? Nah, they won't care. I wonder. Well, the thing is, Justin Potato's on Twitter. Oh, uh, is he? Barry O'Farrell's on Twitter. Yeah. He's involved with the West Tigers Club. Yep. Marina Go was on there. He looks after the wine cellar. He, oh, I'm sure he does. So there's no excuse for these people not to see that. There's no yeah. reason why they can't reach out and say, about those comments. Yeah. How, how keen are you? Can we, we can have a do chat? this or what, Isaac? Yeah. What sort of dollars are we talking? We've only we, got minimum wage. Yeah. We can give you a cushy job after. <laughs> we'll give you 50000 next year, and then you retire, and you can be an ambassador for a million bucks, and we'll announce it to the media. It'll be great. And then the news the next day will say, Isaac Lucas on with the Brisbane Broncos. <laughs> Why do we keep letting them slip through our fingers? How does that keep happening? I don't know. Good it's a one, good Justin. question. Good one, Justin. Alrighty. Well, enjoy your footy, everyone. Yeah, I'm looking forward to tonight's game. Um, should be a real belter up front. Uh, I'm calling a footy this weekend, too. So anybody that wants to hear me talking about rugby league, um, just watch my Twitter timeline. You'll see it when I post it. What what day? Both days, sun, Saturday and Sunday oh. in the afternoon. Fantastic stuff. Yeah, yeah. All righty. Uh, any shout-outs, mate? The starting block. Go on Twitter. The starting block. Drop the K at the end. Um, Bartram13, very, very, very big supporter of the podcast. Retweets everything. Um, Nadine, Richard Cranium, Arabella, uh, Andrew Ferguson, League Freak. Who else is there that's involved in this thing? Um, that's it really it's just all of us it's just all of us yeah that sounds good um, oh you know what mm-hmm. just a teaser yeah bought a little something something oh yeah there was a little something something that's been purchased something, something. League Freak bought himself a little something something so next week uh, I might make a video of it hey put that well, on I'm I'm in the process of trying to coax League Freak into um, an image of some sort of him wearing it. Mm. And given that I've seen it mm-hmm. and I know what it is, I think this is something that we can do without revealing a single iota of who you are. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it gives It'll away a good. bit of it, I guess. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. We'll probably have more on that. Um as we're waiting for the postman to deliver it. Yeah, he needs to hurry up because, uh, you know, I need it. I want it. And uh, any final message before we sign off, mate? There's a chance this is vodka. Brilliant. <laughs>